Hey, what's up, guys? It's your boys, John Lee. And today I am joined by a special guest, Chuck from the Hoop Dreams pod all the way in the UK to join Courtside Eclipse Nation podcast. Chuck, how are you doing? I'm doing good, man. Um, it's an honor to be the first international guest on the podcast. I take wow. real pride. Wow. Awesome. What a day. I take real pride in it. You know, um, I've seen a couple episodes of you and Jack. You know, you always have some good chemistry. I thought that's always the main thing for a podcast. You want to make it feel as if you're having like a, a genuine conversation and you guys do that. So um, we've done a good job so far. Thank you. I, I don't think we have good chemistry, but it, it means a lot that you think so. But shout out Jack. I think he's still asleep, so he's not even on this one. But anyway, um, Chuck does a little bit of writing and a podcast for Hoopstream. What's the uh, Twitter account for Hoopstream? Uh, it's, uh, it's at Hoopstream's pod. You know, oh. we haven't we haven't uploaded in quite some time, but um, hopefully, you know, the new season coming up and maybe we'll bang off some episodes here and then. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. It's cool to hear like your guys' perspective on stuff because sometimes like I'll go through all like the Clipper podcast and like other NBA podcasts. I just like to hear like other people's perspective. And I think you've written about the Celtics a couple of times. I think you got their, um, this past postseason, you got their, um, what do you call it? The series pretty accurately for your predictions. Is that right? Yeah. So I, I called the Celtic Nets first round. I said the Celtics was winning seven. And I, kind of, I kind of spoke about why and some of the stuff that would, you know, some of the X factors and stuff like that. And then the Celtics end up sweeping Brooklyn. So, I mean, I was right, but at the same time, I was a bit wrong as well. Yeah. Well, I mean, at least you had them, you had them winning. I don't think anyone expected a sweep, to be honest. Like, I think you could ask, like, even experts, they probably would have had a sweep for that series. So that's, that's good on you. And um, before we get started on the episode, um, how did you become a Clippers fan all the way out in London? Um, okay. So this was, summer of 2012 so it's almost wow. coming up about okay. um so first of all, i started watching the nba properly because of the 2012 olympics in london and seeing team usa and they were just destroying everybody mm-hmm. and me wanted to get into the nba and then i would just watch highlights on youtube and like this was obviously like lob city days and stuff so the Clippers would always be like number one, number two on like the top 10 players of the day and all this stuff. And I was like, you know, I'll just I'll start following the Clippers just to like, they'll be my, my little team. I won't really care that much. And then over time, I started caring and caring and caring. And now they're just, I probably watch it more than I do football now, to be honest. Wow. You you watch it more than you watch, um, you watch like Premier League and stuff out there. Probably. That's insane because the time for you, the games, if they're not uh, like brunch games for us, which would be like eight o'clock for you, they're like three a.m. or something. Or yeah. like you probably watch East Coast games, right? That start at four. Uh, four. A lot. Yeah, uh, that's that's dedication. That's the thing about the UK. Anyone that's a fan of anything in the US, their sleep schedule is just destroyed. But honestly, that surprised me that you actually watch basketball more than you watch um, football, just because. Um, it's way bigger over there, and plus, it's like at a better time for you. So, actually, that genuinely surprises me that you're more a fan of that. Yeah, not like live games. Live games is, I mean, football just because, like you said, the right. time it has to happen. But like highlights or like um, analysis stuff like that will be football. I mean, basketball way more than football. Okay, so you're a Clippers and Chelsea guy. Yes. Wow, yeah. that's. 
a little contrast of two franchises, but nonetheless, yeah. yeah, we, I have some Chelsea fans on my feed too. So you're not the only one. And yeah, anyway, that's a good background on you again. Thank you for joining July 17th. We'll go down in history as the first international guest on the courtside pod. So thank you. It may top Luke Kennard. Maybe not, but no, probably won't. Anyway, uh, let's get into today's episode. Today, we're going to go over the Summer League, uh, the Clippers' backup center, uh, and the projected rotation for the season. So, Chuck, the first thing I want to ask you is, through the Summer League, Clippers went two and three, um, had some bright spots, had some uh, low spots. Obviously, there was, like, injuries to uh, Musa Diabate and uh, pressing on to health and safety protocols, but... What or like who stood out to you um, and what you saw from Summer League? Um, I think the number one thing, I think you mentioned him, is Musa Diabate. I think the rookie, I mean, he just showed like a ton of energy. I think that's something that when you're a young guy, you know, your second round pick, your, your place isn't necessarily guaranteed, your minutes aren't necessarily guaranteed. I think you have to show something else. And I think that his activity, his energy has been almost infectious to the guys. I mean, he can also play basketball really well. You know, he's good defensively and he made a couple of plays around the rim, but that energy that he brings on both sides is really good. And I think that even if he may not get much minutes during his rookie season, if he's sitting at the end of the bench, you know, he's um, providing energy to guys and he may get some run in the G League as well. I th- Yeah, I think you make a good point. Like, his energy is insane. Like, it seems like every time he's in, he's fight like he's one of those guys the whoever's boxing him out is just like really annoyed just imagine like you're just trying to make a roster spot and um impress scouts your team and you got this guy that's like all over the place athletic long just jumping everywhere like but <clears throat> i think i think i'm i'm under the assumption that he may be on a two-way or he may sign a two-way i don't know if that's been confirmed yet or not but mm. i think he would be the third big is my guess i don't know but i think he's gonna be in uh the g league most of the time i honestly from what i saw from him, the activity was there i think one there was one point during the first game where he had seven rebounds this was the game wasn't over but he had seven rebounds i believe six of them were offensive which is kind of insane um he's his jump hook is actually kind of decent it doesn't look too like fluid i don't know about fluid but it just doesn't look like orthodox kind of, but he has it. He had a three. Um, I don't know if that's going to be his future and stuff. And he's just a little skinny, but he could also defend on the perimeter. And you could see how versatile he is, why they like him, say he's a good dude and all that. So what do you think his NBA comparison is once he reaches like, I don't know, like his prime, I guess. Um, I was thinking about this before. It- First off, he, he seems like a guy that would be perfect for like, the Raptors right now. If the Raptors, yeah. Were, oh yeah, that's, Raptors. A good, that's a good call. So I was thinking like the first thing I thought was like Chris Boucher. That's that was like the guy I was thinking like he's long, like he can defend some guys, he can protect the rim, he brings that energy as well. Like he that's kind of the thing. I was, obviously, there's like people are gonna go wild with it. I know Twitter's been kind of crazy with like the comparisons. Into <laughs> Giannis. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like someone like Chris Boucher, like you know, he's a solid role player, and he can make plays on both sides. Okay. Yeah. Oh no, go on. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no. I was saying, who, who did you think? Who did you remind me? Um, I think 
maybe like Onyeka Okongwu a little bit. Uh, Boucher, I feel like, I feel like I know Boucher more as like a shooter, like a stretch five. And that's not really what Diabate, but like the build I can see like defensively, the versatility, like skinny, uh, tall, big. Uh, I think he could be kind of like a mix of a Kongwu and like Capella. Um, just one that finishes inside pick and roll threat. Uh, just energy bit, like not really one to, well, I guess a Kongwu can't step out a little bit, but I want to say his future is just like in the, in the key. I don't really think he's going to be taking jumpers that much, but with his energy, that yeah, I I can see prime Clint Capella. Um, I'm not really sure about anything else, but I I do like him. I think he's like six ten, but he's still he's still skinny. So I think next year he'll put on a little more weight, and I think the year after that is will he'll put on good weight. But yeah, that's a good transition to what I want to talk into next is Brandon Boston. He seems like he put on some weight. He also I don't even think it was possible, but he got like more confidence. In this summer league, I couldn't believe it because he already had all the confidence in the world at like 19. But from what I saw, he was more aggressive. He was hitting tough shots. Uh, first game, like step backs, like Dirk one-leggers in the mid-range, off the dribble threes. Um, saw him bust some dude, uh, not last game, but the game before. Uh, Utah. Utah, yeah. And then there was one point in, I want to say, I think it was the second game against the Lakers. He, his shot wasn't falling, but he was relentless going to the rim. I think he went to the free throw line like 10 times in the third. And I thought uh, in the first couple of games, his rebounding was a lot better. So um, I was overall kind of impressed by him. I don't know if he'll get minutes this year, but what did you take away from uh, Brandon Boston in Summer League? I think there's a lot of things what you said. I mean, uh, <clears throat> he looks a lot more aggressive. I feel like when you're um, a second-year guy playing in some league or even a third-year guy, you want to have that kind of level where you show you're a bit better rest and you're a bit more experienced than the rest. I remember mm-hmm. years ago, it was Jalen Brown um, when he was playing like the Utah Summer League and he was just clearly so much better than everybody else. Like Guys like Quentin Grimes this year, he's so much better than everybody else. Cam Thomas, same thing. So you kind of want to see that kind of step and you can see, okay, they developed a little bit from their rookie season there putting some more weight, like you said, he's getting to the line when he shot his falling, rebounding a lot better. So um, hopefully, you know, for him, you can start to grow that into the season. Like you said, the minutes may be a bit hard to come by, at least this season, because of how deep we are. But um, I'm sure he'll get some run in the G League as well. And whenever his number gets called, when he's time to get to I'm sure he'll play a bit more consistently than he did last year. Yeah. His situation's interesting, because he's like a, a genuinely interesting piece. That I he could get minutes on teams. Uh like and I don't think there's like a question about it. Just because he has an NBA game, uh, and the way he plays like kind of translated as a score to the next level, like from college or from high school to college to NBA. But I'm kind of wondering uh what his future is with this team. I don't I hope it's not like for me, because I want to see him grow and develop with the Clippers, but I'm I'm thinking it's gonna be something like he's like a trade chip or something. Um, because Jerry West said that they called uh teams will call and ask about like Terrence Mann and stuff. And I feel like him and Boston would be like the main trade package, uh, if they were to do so, if they were to uh get rid of some depth. But I yeah, I I too don't think he, he'll play that much this season. But 
something I want to ask you, what do you think his NBA comparison is? Because I've been trying to think about it. I've been thinking like a little shorter uh, Brandon Ingram, but I can't really think of like anything else besides that. Is there any one you can compare him to? Um, I don't know if I have a player in mind. Probably just like a role. I think like, I mean, people were comparing to like, I think it was like Jordan Clarkson was on the comparisons last year. I mean, Ugh. I know, yeah, he's, he's not really Jordan Clark, but I don't really have a player. Most so just like, okay, he can be like a spark plug off the bench. or Oh, like the role of Jordan Clarkson, not like his game is like Jordan Clarkson. No, no, like people were saying that like rookie, like he can be like a Jordan Clarkson type player, but he doesn't. Oh, okay. But um, yeah, like but at the same time, he can provide that kind of spark plug role, but I don't, I don't really have a player in mind, to be honest. Yeah, I, I don't know. He's a, he's a really interesting player. He's like long and skinny. Um. He comp- from what I've seen, he competes on defense. It, it, he may not be as good as a defender as I think he is, but I don't know. I guess it just go- blindly goes by me. But he's, he has the tools to be a good defender. He's athletic. He um, He's long. He's a big guard. You play him at the two, like at 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, like, that's a big two guard. Um, and yeah. Clippers already have PG, who's 6'9", who's playing your two. Uh, and Norman Powell's your shortest two at 6'4". But, yeah, I'm excited for Brandon Boston. I don't... Again, this season, uh, I think him and Diabate are going to get a lot of run uh, in the G League. And this next guy that I want to talk about, uh, Jason Preston, I think he'll also get a lot of run in the G League. Hopefully there's no injuries to uh, the first two point guards so that he doesn't have to step in. But I thought in the summer league, Preston just looked like a really smart point guard. Um, I thought his passing, his patience, his reads were all really good. Like he would get into the pick and roll. He would see uh, these skip passes just by reading what the defense, how the defense would react to the roller. And I thought it was super intelligent of how he would do all that. Uh, he got some floaters. It's still not really there. His jumper, he had like one jumper and it looked, it looked a lot better from what it used to be. Um, yeah, sure. But he just, I think the one thing about him, he just doesn't have that burst. Uh, I think he'll always need a pick and roll no matter what he's doing. And if he's not in transition, he'll always need a pick and roll or a play set for him but um what's uh what's your impression of jason preston so far uh, i was i was impressed you know i was kind of impressed with him last season as well i think i remember last year somebody and it's kind of sold a bit some this year as well where he hasn't been able like you said maybe to turn the corner a bit doesn't have that burst and <clears throat> i feel like it's similar to like um it's kind of like a lonzo type thing where lonzo just can't turn the corner he just mm-hmm. kind of Pick to get to get some separation from his defender. I mean, Jason. I mean, like you said, he's going to get some run in the G League. Um, I'm sure he'll get some run as well in, in, when it comes to the pros. You know, Reggie and John Wood, they're not going to play every single game. So, um, just have to hope that he can provide some consistent minutes for the Clippers, um, and also just try and at least get into the teeth of the defense a bit more because that's something that I think he struggled with so far in the summer league. Yeah, I honestly he's he won't get minutes unless there's an injury, I think. But I mean, it's yeah. the Clippers. I feel like he'll get some time just because they'll, they'll hold guys out. John Wall's yeah. coming off. Well, not not last year, but the year before. Not even the year before. Well, his Achilles was like three years ago, I want to say, yeah. and he didn't play at all last year, and he played like forty games the year yeah, exactly. before. But I, 
Yeah, I still think they'll be careful with him. Reggie, they almost ran into the ground because they had to last season. So yeah. I feel like they'll also want to be careful with him. So I think we we still could see him play. Um, but it'll be interesting. I, I kind of hope that Amir Coffey doesn't have to go to the G League um, and play with him because I, I think he's proven that he could just stay on the main roster. Yeah, he got his free contract. I mean, he, he should be he should be safe from there for now. Yeah, I hope I hope so. I think uh Preston, Boston, Diabate, Scrub, if they retain him, um, or if he if he doesn't get a deal somewhere else, I hope the G League team can get him uh so they could just stay together. He didn't really have that, in my opinion, he didn't have that good of a summer league. He was a bit rough. I think he kind of felt that he really had to impress. So he seemed like he was pressing a little bit, uh, forcing the issue, but wasn't really, I don't know, he wasn't playing within himself if that makes sense, but, um, okay. but yeah, I, I, I like scrub as a player. I feel like he could be like a J.R. Smith type of guy. I, I like that. He step, likes to step in and take charges. Um, he's a big guard, but I don't think he has a future on this team, but I don't know. I think we should all root for him and also respect the fact that he came from like a JC and, co- and goes to the NBA. That's like honestly insane to do that. But um, was there anyone else besides like, uh, Preston Boston Diabate that caught your eye? Uh, not really. I think, uh, yeah, I think those main guys were the four guys mm-hmm. I was really, at, you know, before some league looked at the roster, but I'd say those four guys. Yeah. Those, I think those four guys were like the main, um, the main ones we wanted to look at. Um, but, yeah. but shout out, uh, Drill Brantley. That dude's huge. He's like, he's like 6'5, PJ Tucker like. Um, he was playing the four or five, like, he's like a big wing. He was knocking down the three. He was like unselfish playing within the offense. I thought he did a good job. I think he'll, if uh, the Ontario Clippers don't get him, I think some other team will get him on a two way or something. So good on the scouting department for finding him. Um, Other than that, uh, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk about the backup center and the projected rotation. All right. And we're back. So, One of the glaring holes, questions with the Clippers that we've been talking about for the past, I don't know, month? Well, no, two weeks since Isaiah Hartenstein signed with the Knicks is the backup center spot. Uh, The Clippers just signed Moses Brown to a training camp deal. Again, we don't know if Musa Diabate is going to be on a two-way or not or if he's going to get that final spot. But uh, there's still a hole there to figure out and – I don't know if it's designed between two young guys, and this is a team that usually goes small. Uh, it's still something that um, needs to be addressed. They address the point guard situation by getting John Wall. But even though they don't really need a backup center in the playoffs, but who knows, depends who they match up with. Um, in the regular season, you're going to need like a 6'10", 7-footer to eat some of those minutes uh, to not run your big wings into the ground. So. Um, for me, I think the I tweeted potential centers that were available via free agency a couple of weeks ago. Two of them got signed. Uh, Gordie Jane got signed by the Spurs, I believe, and then Thomas Bryant signed with the Lakers. So that leaves me with my list of Tristan Thompson, Dwight Howard, DeMarcus Cousins, Blake Griffin, and uh, via trade, potentially Jakob Pertl, maybe a Morse trade because I'm assuming he might get dealt. Chuck, is there any of those bigs that uh, – that turn your head that you would want to pursue as the backup big. Can I get the list again, please? They're free agency guys. <sighs> All right. 
Um, Tristan Thompson, Dwight Howard, DeMarcus Cousins, Blake Griffin. Free those are the free agents. And then for me, one of my targets was Jakob Pertle via trade. Okay. Um man, not great. Um <laughs> I'd say in the free agency pool, I'd probably lean DeMarcus Cousins. Real okay. I think I wasn't a huge fan of Boogie when he was um there, what was it before last season? Um, you know, he did get some minutes, he looked all right, but in the playoffs, I mean, there was some times where you just I remember when CP was just cooking. Oh, no, yeah, that that was that. I think that's the reason I don't want him because of uh getting exposed in the playoffs. But go on, I think that um, he's he, he seemed as if you know, there was some times with Tyler, you know, you didn't really always play him a lot in the playoffs, and it looked like Boogie didn't necessarily take it to heart, he was still pretty energetic on the bench. And I mean, that'd be regardless of anybody we signed there, maybe it's Dwight or Tristan or Blake, but. I just think Boogie and his skill set, um, he can still at least draw some charges defensively. That's probably the only thing he's good for nowadays, but um, he doesn't need to play a whole ton of minutes, probably about 12 to 15 a night, and he can get you still get some production. I mean, for me, if it's like free agency wise, I kind of would want them to take the risk on Moses Brown just because he's like 7'2, young, long. I want to see how Ty Lue implements him. Um, I don't know about him on offense uh, with him doing all the dribble handoffs with their delay sets and stuff, but I, I would like to see him another high energy big. And then maybe, maybe Tristan Thompson. I don't know. Just, I feel like Tristan Thompson is like something that Diabate can kind of look up to. Now, maybe not as like how he, like not with the Kardashian stuff, but like being like a beast on the glass, like being a star in his role, like he was with Cleveland. Um, I think he would be a good fit for them, but I don't know. And then the sentimental part of me wants Blake back, but they don't need uh, – I don't think they need him as the backup big. I think they would need a true big. So, I don't know. The, the Tristan one, I feel like maybe a couple weeks ago, I truly thought Tristan was going to be a clipper. Like, it just felt like that. Like, I mean, obviously him and Ty Lue after history of – Yeah. Whenever um, Tristan – I live, he always gives him like this huge hug for some reason, like every single time. Yeah, yeah they wanted Chip together. And in uh, that series, he was a beast. Like he was literally, um, he was a force on the glass, like offensively too. Um, and he was just like a star in his role. So I think that he'd be a good fit, but who knows? I, I'd be a fan of him. I just Googled his name and said he was seen in, uh, in Greece partying, partying amid Khloe Kardashian baby news. So. He'll he'll bring the LA to LA, so that'd be sick. So that'd be entertaining. But um, regardless of that, uh, what's your projected rotation um this upcoming season? All right. Um, if we're going standard ten man, we'll go. Oh, point God, I'll go. Reggie at the one, PG at the two, quite free. Um, I guess I'll go. Well, if we're going, if we assume, if we assume that Morris is gone or not, I'm gonna assume he's gone. That's how I'm gonna do my projection. Okay, so I'll go Covington at four, Zoo at five, and then you got John Wall, Norman Powell, uh, one of Terrence Mann or Luke Kennard, depending on the, mm-hmm. the game. you know, who's playing well, or whatever. 
Batum, and then we the backup fibers. Okay, I'm with you on that one because I'm, I'm going, I'm going to start. I think they're gonna go with Wall to start PG Kawhi Roko Zoo, and then backup. I think they'll go Reggie Norm. Um, I think they'll go man, man or Kennard, like you said, depending on the matchup and what they need. But that team still has a lot of offense. Nico, and then the back of five. But um, I think eventually, I think Reg, Reggie will start off on the bench. I think he'll be put back with the starters. I don't know why. I just have like a feeling it's going to happen. I feel like he's naturally the better catch and shoot fit with them. So, and he has more, I mean, for right now, he's definitely had more reps with uh, the two stars. So I think yeah. that he may, and John Wall has never been a catch and shoot three guy in his life. And, He's going to, or at least like in his career. And this is going to be like the first time where he has to be like that, like the third guy. So I'm, that's a huge adjustment for a star point guard to do that. But I think Reggie will ultimately go back. Hopefully wall will be okay with it, but yeah, I mean, they're a deep team. Like this is assuming like uh, no Boston, no coffee minutes. And then one of yeah. man or Luke is going to be uh, a DMP. So it's not bad to have depth, but in the playoffs, you just need eight to nine guys that you could trust and play and be. And when there's injuries, like you definitely need to uh, be. Co- um, that's when you need depth. But even then, you'll have like cough. Like I, I would trust coffee. I know it's not like a long stint, but he's a guy that could help. Like he's, uh, he competes on defense. He's long. He can dribble. He could shoot. He can get into the paint. He's got some juice. Uh, and this is a guy that's third string that you could help. And so, like, if you do – let's say you do trade, like, two or three pieces, like, you still got a guy like that on the bench. Um, and Boston, who can give you a scoring punch. But, yeah, that's – they're going to have uh, – Tyler's going to have uh, a tough decision to make with a lot of guys. But, anyway, Chuck, thank you again for joining us again. First international guest from the Hoop Dreams pod. Wow, what a day. Very just, proud of that. Very just proud. sensational. Shout out Dan, uh, our other UK friend, currently in Australia. He um, needs to get on here soon. Oh, I, yeah. I would love Dan on here. Dan's also a new Clipper fan. So, like, it, I don't meet, meet many new Clipper fans who became fans. Uh, he became a fan during the bubble. What a tough time for him to become a fan. Not the best that's literally probably the like the most traumatic experience of all fans. This is when this man decided. But I need to get Dan, fellow uh, UK guy, on the pod. Get some more international flavor in here. Maybe get uh, one of our Aussie friends too. That'd be a lot <laughs> of fun. But again, Chuck, thank you again for joining. Uh, where can these people find you on Twitter? Um, you can follow the the podcast again, uh, Hoot Dreams Pod. Um, like I said, beginning your work probably going to put out some more content um you might even have john as a guest you never know let's go um, yeah that's breaking this um so yeah uh who dreams pod um some new content should be coming out soon let's go shout out cassidy love you man um anyway again chuck thank you again uh guys we'll put this out for you thank you again for listening to us remember to like rate um leave comments give us feedback whatever um whatever improvements we need to do. Um, thank you, everyone that listens. Uh, we did really good numbers the past couple of episodes. That's because you guys have been tuning in. 
So thank you guys for that. And as always, go Clips.